0: Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and life coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, June the 26th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. And Cindy and I were talking before the show about stuff going on in our lives and so forth. And uh, we were looking at the next piece of the book we're going to be looking at. We're, we're of course, reading Money and the Law of Attraction by Abraham Hicks. And I commented the very first line from what Abraham says, like hits to a T exactly what what I've been dealing with in my life. And I'm thinking, it, I mean, that's just amazing. That always happens that way. And Cindy, you said, well, that's what always happens. I mean, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> it is. It's 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 amazing how often we we come to the show and whatever book we're reading or whatever we're going to talk about, and right at the section we're at is something that's very relevant uh, personally at the moment so it's like wow okay yeah, yeah it's crazy how that <laughs>
0: happens. just amazing just amazing so. so how's your week been you had a good week we haven't talked i
1: did i did have a good week and i'm excited about something that's going on over here um because i have a fig tree that i planted oh my gosh i don't know how long ago i planted it but maybe 15 to 20 years ago okay and it's and it took a long, long time before it ever bore any figs. And then for the first, um, I want to say 10 years, so a long time, um, the birds would eat the figs while they were still small and green.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And so, I mean, they never got a chance. And people would tell me to, to put a bird net over it. And I never did because every year it seemed like the moment they appeared, they'd be gone. <laughs> and so this year, uh, this past weekend, we were outside and it seems like all of a sudden the tree is covered with figs and they're about the size of a marble right now and they're green. But then we noticed there were about six or eight of them that were much bigger and actually turning purple and they hadn't been eaten by birds. So uh-huh. we very hurried the op- ordered a bird net and the next morning, two of them had been eaten. Um, and so I picked the other ones and brought them in. And they are, you know, figs are sort of, to me, figs are sort of like peaches. It's like they can be dry or mealy or whatever and just be awful, even though they look wonderful. <laughs> um, but if you get a peach that's really great, it's oh, like yeah. the best thing ever, right? So the figs this year, these figs are the best figs I've ever tasted. So I'm very happy and fingers crossed that, you know, they keep um, ripening and growing. And <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: But it's really funny because, um, and you know, I I do have a tendency to want to see signs all around me and oracles and, you know, I've always done this, but um, in 2005, I, I remember the date because it was literally the day or so after Hurricane Katrina. I had a lemon tree that I had planted that had been growing for like five years and it never had a lemon. And one of my friends who was a, a a tree person said, well, you probably have a tree that's the rootstock. It's probably never going to have lemons um, and gave me all these reasons why the tree probably would never have lemons. And so I was, OK, I guess it's, I don't have a tree that's going to bear lemons. And then a couple of days after Katrina, it had four lemons on it. Oh, and I was so excited about it. And this is the funny thing. <laughs> you know, the whole when life gives you lemons.
0: make lemonade, right?
1: <laughs> well, it was only a very short time after that, like li- maybe days, um, that my then husband told me he didn't want to be married anymore. And for the next four years, things were really bad. And that tree was making like 80 pounds of lemons a year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, just a little metaphor going on there
1: and they were the best lemons ever <laughs> and i still laugh about it i mean i used to pick them and take them to people and people were so happy there were these huge gigantic lemons they were so good and so my my boys and i um who were, were grown at the time i mean they weren't little kids um we we made limoncello that was wonderful um but, you know, we did all kinds of things with the lemons, but I still think it's really funny that probably at the the several years that were really the hardest time of my adult life, um, my lemon tree was just bearing lemons like crazy. Um, the lemon tree died about, well, this year, the lemon tree, we had a really good harvest a few years back and then it struggled and then we had another harvest and then this past winter, the combination of a super hot summer super cold winter super hot summer i don't know it couldn't take it um and we it was you know probably 20 feet tall and we lost the tree hmm. and you know i i i was sort of sad about it but at the same time i was like okay so this morning <laughs> don't laugh too hard but this morning i'm thinking the tree is loaded with figs wait what are figs a symbol of <laughs> <laughs> So I did a little search while I was waiting for you this morning, and the the Bodhi tree that Buddha was enlightened sitting under was a fig tree, mm-hmm. which I never knew that. It's called the sacred fig, and okay. so figs are a symbol of enlightenment. So, Walt, you think this is a a special omen? Am I becoming more enlightened? <laughs>
0: Well, I think you're already enlightened. So, I think that the odds of you becoming more enlightened are certainly very, very high. But but I would also add that I mean, if we're going to play out the lemon tree thing, I mean, the the cliché there is when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So, I would translate that to when life gives you figs, make fig newtons.
1: Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm a huge fig newton fan. Like <laughs> there I you think go. they're amazing. And so, homemade fig newtons. My my um both of my sons were in the food industry and one of them was working at one time at this little coffee shop that specialized in like really over the top you know kind of five-star stuff and they made homemade pop tarts wow, (laughs) and homemade fig newtons and things like that and so i'm like hey that's a great idea thank you for that
0: (laughs) well what i love best about your story first of all is most people, when they wake up in the morning and they decide what they're going to talk about first, usually great things going on with lemon trees and fig trees is the last thing that's on their list. <laughs> <laughs> this is not usually the top of the of the list of things that we're going to talk about. Usually it's what terrible things are going on in politics and did you hear the horrible news and, oh, my God, is the company going to fall apart? And I heard so-and-so got fired and blah, 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 blah. You come up with lemon trees and fig trees. I mean, that's fabulous.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, it, it, it is helping me to start the day off a little better to think, oh, my goodness, I've got this big, uh, you know, sign in my yard of enlightenment. And the sign of, you know, the lemon tree is moved on. Um, that was kind of fun to put that together this morning. And, yeah, it's much better than politics, you know. And, I, you know, it, it will come to that for me because I have to, I have to look. Um, (laughs)
0: yeah i noticed that on your facebook uh, feed the other day yeah oh wow just quite a bit there about politics
1: (laughs) well you know i don't i don't share political things too often uh, in truth oh probably more often than some people but i'm i'm definitely not like i don't have a streaming feed of nothing but politics and on my personal page i don't share a whole lot anyway because i have a private group on facebook and i'm spending most of my time in there oh. and i think it's I, it's kind of funny i think of people like this person that was interacting with me on my page that you saw um who only ever shows up to make a negative comment oh wonderful <laughs> and i even i even said to them like you know um the only time you ever, i just said it was an observation it was nothing more i just said it seems the only time you ever interact with me is to show up on my page and be very vocal about disagreeing with me politically, period. And the next comment included, have a good afternoon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> well, hey, that's improvement. No, that I got to give credit. That's improvement. Okay. I mean, you got you to say that was a little bit better. Now all they got to do is stay on that track, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> right? And so I think it's funny because I think, you know, people like, Him, that of course isn't interacting with me in any other social media or any other way in life, and also is not in my private group, of course. Um, it's like they probably what they see of me is so different because Mm -hmm. the only thing they ever see of me is a post here or there, you know, three times a month or something on my (laughs) personal page. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I saw something on
0: Joel's page. Um, just I think it was the same day. Um, I mean, everybody has you know somebody who comes along and you know they got to say something, right? Um, and he has a f- couple of those. He had posted something. It, w- it was a, a pretty positive uh, thing. He, most of the stuff he posts is pretty positive anyway. Um, but he posted this really positive thing. I don't even remember what it was. It almost doesn't matter. Uh, but the guy had responded with this really negative take on it. I mean, it wasn't expressed negatively, but the only way that you could conclude off of it was that's just a negative take on it. And mm-hmm. I, I realized, like, and it was basically a, an aphorism about life. Life is this, life is that. And the essence of his thing was there's only a very narrow way of understanding what life is and it doesn't work out. So I, post, <laughs> so I posted to him, back to him, so you mean life sucks and then you die, right? I
1: was just going to say that's basically life's a bitch and then we die. Yeah. And, and,
0: and, <laughs> the, and then I followed that up with, you might want to rethink that one. And you know what I got as a response? He laughed. What? he laughed at it he thought it was funny i thought that was a great response
1: (laughs) well you know that's what you just said right it's like okay well we're gonna count it as an improvement
0: yeah exactly so even
1: though i i I had someone say to me one time in person good day
0: (laughs) Curtly, right (laughs)
1: right and so when i saw that Have a wonderful afternoon. I kind of in my mind read it that way because the rest of his message seemed like that would be appropriate. But I'm going to do what I've done before and what you just said. I'm going to look at it as an improvement.
0: It is. Um, Some people just improve despite themselves, which is really strange, but it's true. Yeah. There are some people who just, you know, they, they'll they'll do everything they can to stay negative and then they'll, like they'll lose focus or something and then they go positive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's really true. What's funny, what's funny is that when we talk about energy levels and I, we haven't talked about them for a while, but, you know, the ones at the bottom and the, and the energy scale kind of runs parallel to the emotional guidance scale that Abraham Hicks will talk about. And so, of course, at the very bottom is a victim mode. And right. it, as far as emotions, you know, what, what comes into there is depression and anxiety um, mm. and despondency. You know, it's kind of like we, and we've all been there at one time or another. It's the down in the depths, dumps kind of feeling. Right, um, right. And the next level up, which is a little better, but it's conflict, right? It's anger and, you know, resentment and blame. Uh, it, it actually is a higher level than that low, low level. Which because isn't at saying least much, but it is, <laughs> well, it is. And you know what? It's, it's the level that I always joke with that line from the movie. Um, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh,
0: network. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah.
1: But the, the victim level is below that. And it's the level that it does take it. It just lays there and, and becomes a doormat and said the whole world's against me and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. But the next level up, which is a little bit of an improvement, is the I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It, it is actually the level that moves people into action. Mm. And But the thing is, is that when you're at that lower level, it's so hard to see out. You you can't even see to the level of taking action sometimes. True. Oh, yeah. And so that's that level where it doesn't matter what you say to someone. Oftentimes, they're going to fight for that limitation. And it's always, yeah, but, yeah, but life sucks and then you die. You know, yeah, but there's very few people. You know, it's like somebody that will say, oh, but there's very few people that are ever happy. And you're like, well, I know a lot of people that are happy. <laughs> 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 but they don't because they can't see them because they're not resonating with them because energy entrains to itself. But when you're at a higher level of energy and you're allowing that level to flow, eventually, when you're around someone, if you can focus, that's the hard part. Mm. If you can focus and stay aligned with that level that's even higher, like the level of responsibility, and then the level of nurturing and the level of compassion pretty soon they may start to move up and i think that's what happens like it's so great you said they lose focus or something right exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh wait i dipped into your higher level of energy what happened there oops sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) that felt weird yeah right
0: Well, that was one thing that I noticed right from the get-go when I was trying to learn how to move my emotional set point. I mean, at that time, I didn't even believe I could move it at all. I've, I've since learned it moves constantly throughout the day, but I didn't realize that at the time. And when I was in that, that space of really believing I couldn't move it at all, well, sure enough, I couldn't move it. <laughs> it wasn't until I started right. you know, just putting a little effort out and believing and trying, and getting myself to try to find something to feel good about. And then one day I moved it deliberately. And I thought, whoa, that that was – that was weird. That doesn't usually happen.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Even though it does, but that's the way I perceived it at that time. I just didn't, I, I perceived it that that was a rare event. And I wondered if I could do it again. And a little bit later, I did it again. And then maybe a week later, I did it again. And a couple of days later, I did it again. And then after a while, you start to believe, well, I really can move it. And now yeah. you want to do it. Now you want to do it more often, right? So so as hard as it is to get out of that that low level, that depressed level. And sure, yeah, getting angry is a good way to get started. At least you get you're you're taking an action of some kind. But the point is the long the 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 more that you put into just trying to get into that higher place even though you don't know how to do it, even though there's no way to, to that you can see to pull it off, even though it seems like it's, it's like whistling in the wind, if you do it anyway, you get there.
1: Yeah, you will get there. Definitely. And then the more often you're there, that new level will become your default. Mm. I remember recognizing it when it happened with me and some circumstance occurred and I can't remember what it was. It's been too long ago, but I do remember that... I, I can't remember if it was something that would normally really upset someone and make them angry or make them worried, you know, like something happened to somebody i knew or I, I just can't remember what it was but it was it was an event that would normally have caused a really charged reaction mm. and it didn't and i oh, just nice. didn't have it and i i remember thinking to myself why am i not more upset about this <laughs> i I'm, and i and i thought i couldn't even drum it up
2: wow
1: right it was like i should really be offended like i should be angry about this nah, it's just not there <laughs> and i was like <laughs> Even really make it happen. I couldn't drum it up, and I thought, "Oh wow, this is amazing!" Because I'm just not, I'm just not resonating with that whole drama, and it just didn't really affect me at all.
0: There's a phrase that uh, I like to use that describes that experience. I think really well, and that that phrase is: "The instrument has not yet been invented that can measure the level of my indifference to that remark." I don't yeah. care what you said. I don't really care anymore.
1: <laughs> I really didn't. And that was the thing. It wasn't a choice to like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to, you know, it wasn't that. It wasn't like me just deciding whatever. Say, I don't care what other people think or say or whatever. It wasn't that. It just wasn't there.
2: Yeah.
1: It was just kind of like we talked about that neutral feeling.
2: <laughs> right.
1: You know, and we and we certainly don't want to bring ourselves into a space where we're always feeling neutral no no i mean that's not the goal and i'm not i'm not trying to say that's the goal but it's a huge step up from being depressed and
0: angry it's a gigantic step up from there
1: yeah yeah and that's the point i'm making i mean it's definitely not yeah we should have we should be flat and have no emotions that's not what i'm saying at all right um but i'm saying it was really weird to recognize that huh i'm not worried about this Mm -hmm. i'm not upset about this um, I, I actually think I'm struggling to remember which one it was because I think it happened twice. Isn't that in a interesting? Way that,
0: Over time, with, we just, it just blurs. It like goes away. It's like I can't remember the context anymore.
1: Well, I remember somebody. I remember somebody making a remark that I thought, huh, didn't even bother me. And the other time, I remember because I, I think it was twice. It was a time when something happened that normally, or something didn't happen. It probably it was more like you know. Um, I think one of my kids who was traveling and I hadn't heard them when I was supposed to. And I was like, you know, normally something would really concern a parent. Like, oh, I'm really worried. Like, you know, and I was like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) and of course, nothing bad had happened. But at the same time, I remember thinking to myself. This is really weird that I don't feel worried. <laughs> don't
0: feel it is scared. weird. It, it, what's also weird is the response you get. Because when you put out a, a message that basically says, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't, I don't really care. You, you you, diffuse the momentum of whatever it is the other person was building up. Because yeah. they didn't get the reaction they expected. You no, know, they wanted you to fight back. They Maybe not consciously, but they wanted you to fight back somehow. And you didn't fight back.
1: Yeah, true. True.
0: I mean, it reminds me yeah. of something that Louise talks about um, when she was still doing the therapy work and you know working with clients on a regular basis. Um, she would play a pillow game and you know she would pick up a pillow off a couch, and that kind of thing, and toss it to the other person and say, okay, now toss it back to me. And the person would toss it back. She said, she'd toss it back to them. And then, okay, now toss it back to me again. And the person would toss it back and she'd let it fall to the floor. And she says, that's what happens when you don't engage. The game
1: ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's called just letting go of the rope. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm not going to struggle with you anymore about this. (laughs) I have no interest in struggle.
0: And and sometimes we like to give people more and more rope. I advocate letting go of it entirely. They don't have all the rope. They can have all the rope in the world. It's all theirs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just let go of the rope. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's, that's really, it's really interesting that power dynamic. And we have, you know, we do have the choice to be in control of how we feel and what we think. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, you know, when people, when people are in those kind of emotional struggles and they will use language like, Oh, he makes me so mad. Mm. um, It's like, well, you know, no one can make you feel a certain thing. You get to choose that. It's a big epiphany for for a lot of us when we first realize
0: that. Well, it's hard to notice it at first. I mean, when you're in the midst of, of the, the angst of whatever it is, you can't see it. But once you cool down and you move past it a little bit and you look back, then you realize, wow, yeah, I actually did have control. Why didn't I ha- feel like I had control? Because I had it all along.
1: Yeah, we have it all along. It's very empowering when you start recognizing it on a consistent basis. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. So... Before we dive into our book, I want to make sure that we make a note to those listening that they can, there is a way that you can subscribe to our podcast so it automatically comes to your phone. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's free, it doesn't cost anything. And it takes about a minute, which means that you've wasted an entire 60 seconds out of your day just so you can make sure you feel good for the rest <laughs> of your life. You know, that, that's a bad trade. Why should you give up sixty seconds in order to feel good for the rest of your life? I don't see that one at all. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. Clearly, it's a great trade. So yeah, and you just go to the homepage of our website, loa.today.net. The instructions are right there. It takes a minute, and then when you're done, guess what? You're going to get all this great content coming to your phone. You can listen to it whenever you want to. That's the beauty of a podcast. I mean, that, that's actually the weakness of radio. Radio, you have to tune in whenever they're actually doing the broadcast or else you've missed it whereas with a podcast you can play it anytime you want to it's great
1: and i know so many people tell me that they listen while they are um running on a treadmill or jogging or doing housework
2: uh,
1: all kinds of things that are just normal taking a walk normal parts of their day uh they can listen to the podcast while they're doing those things i think that's Awesome.
0: I've said this before. My favorite listener is our listener in Tennessee who listens while he rides his tractor. I think that's great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I personally know uh, people who ride a tractor, and I have been told that it's very meditative to be out there in that field on Mm -hmm. a tractor. Mm -hmm. Um, Just sort of the grinding work, but a place where you can just be kind of with your thoughts. So that makes total sense to me. Um, I can see that, sure. Yeah, and it's a great picture for us to have.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so if you're listening right now on your tractor, hello. Hello. (laughs) We're thinking about you. And uh, that's the thing is that we we like to think of our listeners as a collective that we can hold in a space of success.
2: Mm. Yes. Uh, Because,
1: I mean, that's the entire reason why we do the podcast is to help people learn ways to create a better experience for themselves
0: including ourselves yeah i mean we get the benefit too (laughs) everybody gets the benefit that's what's so cool about it
1: right have you ever um are you familiar with eft
0: i am actually i'm a little bit more familiar than i was because david brought on a friend who is an eft practitioner and uh, we talked about the stuff regarding eft on sunday night so it was good
1: Oh, cool! So EFT for those who don't know, um, it stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. But what it is is it's a it's a modality where you tap. So some people call it tapping.
0: Yeah, it's also called tapping. Yeah.
1: Where you tap on certain points on your head, on your collarbone, on your hand, um, and you you tap. There's a certain sequence of tapping, and while you're tapping, you say. Certain things, maybe an affirmation, and here's what's interesting about about tapping. I mean, it's very effective. When I first I first learned about tapping in 1995, I think, and at the time, I I learned the whole program, and no one I knew knew about it except for the uh, naturopaths that taught me, and the website for tapping was one page, okay. it was just one little page, and then. I used it for a long time and, and then I kind of forgot about it. And about 10 years later, um, I remembered it and I went back to see the webpage and it was huge. and It had like Deepak Chopra was on there and all these people. <laughs> I was like, what? That's incredible. And so it's had a real boom and there are lots and lots of people practicing now, but there is a certain thing that happens in groups where Maybe a practitioner is tapping with you or or sometimes people meet together, even on the video Zoom platform like we use uh, for the podcast. We use the audio um, where they'll all tap for someone and they call it shared benefits because they say so many times. They're tapping on something for someone, and they will get the benefit themselves, they get healed themselves about whatever the, whatever it is. And people tap for all kinds of different things. Why am I not surprised things. by
0: that? Because they're focusing on something, and so they attract more of it. Of course,
1: right? So it's like, yeah, we we're here because it benefits us and you. And I like to think of our listeners as a collective that I can hold in a space of success because. Your success is our success, too. It's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not completely selfish. I do love to see wonderful things happen for people. <laughs> Which is great. But part of that is I love to see it. It brings happiness to me, right?
0: Oh, yeah. It, well, it, it's especially we, – we get the best flavor of it when somebody calls in to the show or when somebody sends an email or you know through the contact form or Facebook post or something like that. But uh, the best is when we get somebody who calls in because then you can hear it in their voice. And yeah. I'm I'm a very auditory person, so f- for me, when I'm hearing the voice and I'm hearing the excitement, that sends a thrill f- through me. I really feel it that way. I experience it as, as like, whoa, this this surge of energy inside me because it's tapping into my primary modality. So yeah, I love that. That that to me is where I get the real feel for just how much people are positively affected. That's and it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So please subscribe. Share with others that you've subscribed. Uh, there, there are plenty of social media buttons over there at the site loa.today.net. Once you've subscribed, if you'd like to share that you've subscribed, and if you if you would like to be brave and you know, sometime pick up the uh, phone or get on the computer and, and call into the show, we'd love that too.
0: I'd also like to issue a challenge. Once you <laughs> w- w- once you uh, subscribe and you go to the social media buttons. If you can find a social media button for a social media website that is not represented there, I want you to, t- to send us the message. I'm going to bet that no <laughs> one can send us the message because I think we have them all covered. <laughs> they're covered. Believe me. They're covered.
1: All right. So we, we have been reading through Money and the Law of Attraction. There are several parts to this book. And we're, we're on part three right now, which has to do with uh, wellness we're getting very close to the end of that section, but we're finishing it up, and we're on a section. If In the paperback, we're on the bottom of page 126. Um, what can I do to help them? It's a question that Jerry is asking. And it fits um, about right with what you we, were
0: just saying. I mean, you were talking about how we like to help our listeners. It's perfect. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what can we do? To help them. So usually when we're doing these conversations, uh, Walt reads the Jerry part and I read Abraham's. Yep,
0: so I'll read Jerry's part. Jerry asks, what's the best thing that I as an individual can do for other people who are having physical problems?
1: And Abraham says, you never help others when you allow yourself to be a sounding board for their complaints. Seeing them as you know they want to be is the most valuable thing you can do for them
0: exactly what we're just talking about because you were just just talking about how we like to see our listeners you know being the best they can be and and that's it that's why we do it right there
1: yeah i love to imagine and remember right because i remember the calls and the emails that we actually have gotten yep and i imagine new ones and they're always people that are telling us stories about successes they've had using the law of attraction
0: exactly Yeah, Yeah. I I don't know if I mentioned it. I don't know if I told you today. We had a call yesterday when Tom and Mm -hmm. I were doing the the podcast. Um, Mike McEwen, who's one of the contributors to the book, called in because what Tom and I were talking about was resonating with him so much, he just had to contribute to the conversation. And it was a lift.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It was
0: a lift. It was a great lift. I mean, I just felt... I mean, I told you how I get a a surge because of my auditory nature. I got that surge yesterday. I think that's why I mentioned it just today because it was huge. I mean, I could feel it in my whole body, so...
1: That's wonderful. Mike,
0: thanks for calling in yesterday. It was great. So anyway, continue. Sorry, (laughs) I didn't mean to interrupt the reading. I just had to put that in there. No, that's
1: great. That's great. I'm glad you did. So I'm going to read that again. Okay. The first two sentences, they're in italics, and it's really powerful. You never help others when you allow yourself to be a sounding board for their complaints. Seeing them as you know they want to be is the most valuable thing you can do for them. Yes. Sometimes that means removing yourself from their vicinity, because when you're near them, it is difficult not to notice their complaints. You might say to them, I've learned the power of my attention and thought. And so as I hear you speaking of what I know you don't want, I must tell you that I must remove myself for I don't want to contribute to your miscreating. Try to distract them I from I their complaints. I'm not trying to actually
0: say it that way. I, I, th- this is non-physical beings trying to be very helpful, but I don't think I'd actually say it that way. <laughs> I think I, I'd leave that last bit out, out about, you no know, contributing to your miscreating. I, the you rest know, of it was I, good, but that part I think I'd leave out.
1: <laughs> yeah. what This is what I would tell, like you or someone else right after the fact. I would say, "Well, I just left because I didn't want to contribute to their miscreating, but I probably might not say it to them." Yeah. This is what I might say to them. I might just say, "Well, what but what do you want?" Yes. So we know what you don't want. Cuz you're complaining about all these things and you sound like this is really something you don't want. You sound really upset. You sound like this is really bothering you. So, let's let's turn this around. Tell me what you do want. <laughs>
0: Which, I do this conversation which a Which is a great way to shut people up for a few minutes while they try to figure out what it is they actually want.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, that's not a joke.
0: No, it's that's, serious. That's, that's it, it, real. I, it's I funny, mean, but it's, it's true. It happens all the time.
1: Yeah, because the complaining and the, you know, here's the thing. When we're complaining, we're generally complaining about something that's happening, and it's happening because we're familiar with it. We're in the thick of it we know it really well mm-hmm. that's why we're complaining oh yeah and we're on autopilot with those complaints you know i i tell that story about a a woman that came to me that wanted to have her number one thing she said she wanted in a relationship was that that her mate her her partner would respect her and because she had been in several relationships that were very disrespectful and so i said to her okay Tell me what that would look like. You want to have someone respect you and that it is a, at the top of the list of things that most people want and that, that we need for a healthy relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. What does it look like? And she started listing. Well, you know, because I've been with people and they just don't listen to me yeah, and, <laughs> uh, and she just started listing all these. And I said, I had to stop her after about 10 of them. I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. everything you've just listed is disrespectful behavior. But I want to focus on what respect looks like. And that's where those two minutes of silence came in.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite things to do with somebody who's politically wrought about something. doesn't matter what the issue is. doesn't matter what side they're on. They're politically wrought. And I'll ask them the same question, but I'll do it in terms of the the issue. What are you in favor of? And they'll do the same thing. They'll come back with, well, I'm against this. I'm against, no, no, no. What are you in favor of? Yeah, but I really want to stop this. I want, no, no, no. What are you in favor of? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. What do you support? What do you believe? Exactly. What, what, what do you stand for? Um, and it's it's interesting for those moments of silence. That's <laughs> yes,
0: right. Because you, you can see the brain. If, if you're talking to them face to face, you can see the brain churning. It's like they're trying to figure out, how do you actually address this question?
1: <laughs> it's great. It is. It's great. So it is. says here, after the after the conversation of I don't want to contribute to your miscreating, it says try to distract them from their complaints. Try to help them focus upon some positive aspects. Do your best to imagine their recovery. You will know when you are of value to anyone, when you're able to think about the person and feel good at the same time. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah,
0: that's that's really the key point. That's why we want to focus on the highest, best thing. Yeah, that point right there. I mean, read it again because it's so important.
1: Uh, This whole last paragraph that I'm going to read now, it's it's all in italics. Uh, You will know when you are a value to anyone when you're able to think about the person and feel good at the same time.
0: And the when reason that's love- so—I I, I, hate—I hate to interrupt you because this is a good paragraph, but I want to go back to that. You are able. You, you, let's see. What's the phrase? You will know when you are of value to anyone when you are able to think about the person and feel good at the same time, and that's important because we're talking about somebody who's a, who's giving you a hard time, who's throwing all these negatives at you, and when when they're in that space, that's when it can be most challenging to think about them and feel good about them at the same time.
1: Well, and we're talking about someone who may be having physical problems.
0: Yeah, but it could and be almost so, anything. Yeah.
1: So when we think about somebody that we love mm-hmm. and that is struggling, you know, and whether they're struggling with a physical problem or an emotional problem or a financial problem or, in what, or all three or whatever, you know, whatever way they're struggling. And when we think about them, we often don't feel good because we're worried about them. Right. Because right. we're fearful of what might happen to them exactly. because we're afraid things are going to get worse for them, whatever. And so to me, this is so, so powerful. You'll know when you're of value to anyone. You know, that idea that worrying about something is like praying for what you don't want. Right. Well, I mean, when we worry about people that we care about, we may be in effect praying for what they don't want. oh i certainly don't want to put that energy out there
0: oh no not Uh, at all
1: (laughs) so you will know when you're of value to anyone when you're able to think about the person and feel good at the same time when you love others without worry you are an advantage to them when you enjoy them you help them when you expect them to succeed you help them in other words when you see them as your own inner being sees them, then and only then is your association with them to their advantage. Ooh, This is this might be the time to break out the highlighter. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a couple of very important points that just got made. The first one that I noticed is actually the last one that was made, which is this is the way your inner being sees them even though i'm not seeing that person at this moment in time in a positive light the person inside me is which is not the way we normally think about it but it's enlightening to know that my inner being who i am inside is seeing this person who is suffering right now and complaining and so forth in their highest light and in fact the reason I'm feeling so miserable about this person's situation is because I'm disagreeing with my inner being and saying, no, 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 they're miserable. They're miserable.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about over the last couple of weeks, talking about uh, the, the medical community and physicians and the difference between, you know, a doctor that will encourage you, even to the point of believing in a miracle. And, and a doctor that will give you a, a diagnosis of, you know, this is incurable and you're just not going to make it. Um, and the difference that that will do, you know, the difference that will have on, on our emotions. And, you know, th- that's interesting. We talked about EFT, which many people use to heal physical ailments, physical maladies, um, emotional freedom technique, because the founder of it firmly believes that every physical issue that we have is directly related to an emotional issue and Mm -hmm. that's why lightly tapping you know on these emotional issues heals the body and so it's all kind of the same thing we're talking about we're talking about the difference in our words and our thoughts in how they may encourage someone or hinder someone and so you know if I were to tell you um, we've talked about your the pain with your knees sometimes, if I were to say to you, well, I see you completely pain-free. When I look into the very near future, I see you in a place where you're walking, running, skipping, dancing, riding a bike, all of it completely pain-free. That's what I see.
0: Hmm. Yep. Well, I have that a story to tell about that. That <laughs> feels so
1: much better, right? It does. Oh, it does. I mean, and so... I think this is wonderful, this paragraph, you know, that when we love someone without worry, we're an advantage to them. When we enjoy them, we help them. When we expect them to succeed, we're helping them. Uh, that's so, so powerful. So and, how do we know if we're doing that? Well, because when we think about them, we feel good at the same time.
0: And I, I We want don't to re- feel I'm...
1: worried. We don't feel bad. We don't... <laughs>
0: that's right. Yeah. And I want to yeah. report that, that uh, your, your thoughts definitely helped. Because yesterday, I told Louise this story yesterday, and she's looking at me quizzically saying, Why are you telling me this? Yesterday, um, I pulled out a pair of pants to wear and I put them on. And I started to wear them. I realized that they had some stuff on that hadn't gotten laundered out properly. So took them off and threw them in the machine to wash them. Now, our washing machine is downstairs in the basement. And went down, threw it in, you know, left it, went back later, um, put it in to dry and then went down to pick them out of the dryer. That's a very mundane activity. What's so important about that? Well, the third time that I did that, as I walked up the stairs, I realized I just walked up the stairs. In fact, (laughs) I had walked up the stairs three times without any pain and hadn't even noticed it.
1: Yay! (laughs) That's so great!
0: (laughs) Now, I can't say all the pain is gone. I get little twinges and so forth. But, wow, I made a lot of progress on a ligament. And you look up ligaments online... Look up the healing times on ligaments. We're talking usually six months to a year. I got injured in February. It is now March, April, May, June. Four months later, I'm almost healed.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that. Yes. That's wonderful. And you, you were right. one of the
0: people who put out there for me, helping me, you know, visualizing for me what, what you just said that you, you visualize me just walking and feeling good and pain free and, and no worries. And you contributed. So thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome. That's, you know, that's part of what I count as my part of my practice, um, for friends, family, clients is, is doing just that. It's not just the time I spend talking with them or the time I spend in a coaching session. It's the time I spend in meditation and the time I spend visualizing um, success and health. And I think it's important. Oh, so. it's very important.
0: Yeah. And, and I want to emphasize, too, it's not like you can make someone else healthy. Cindy didn't make my knee healthy. No. I had, I had to make my knee healthy. I had to be the one to do the focusing. What she did was to reinforce what I was doing. If she had put that out and I was refusing to do anything, it would have landed flat on the ground. It wouldn't have done anything. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. But energy is energy. And so we wanna we want to align with the best energy or with the healing energy or the energy of that space that we want someone to be able to inhabit, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's up to you. To open yourself to that alignment and you and you know how to do that well. So and, that's and I had, why you're I had to really so practice people.
0: it too. I mean, I had this this one took quite a bit of focus for me because there were plenty of opportunities for me to feel pain and to feel like the pain wasn't going to go away and feeling like I was a victim and feeling like I was you know never going to get better and this was like a chronic condition. And I, I had so much opportunity to feel that. I, it took a lot of, of real deliberate focus to get my mind off that. Yeah, I had a, I had definitely. Definitely. Really, really pay attention, and I slipped up. I made mistakes, and I had to come back and say, "Oh, okay, wrong. Well, that's not the way I want to go. I want to go to feeling good. What is what is feeling good feel like?" I had to keep doing it over and over again. But I well, did. that's
1: it. I love that you said pay attention because yeah. it's exactly what we do. Is it's a mindfulness practice, right? It is. It's bringing ourselves back over and over and over and over, and sometimes it gets really repetitious and monotonous, even. When Which, by the way, realize- is a good thing
0: because with the more that you think a thought, the more it becomes a belief, right? <laughs> exactly. Well- <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is when yeah. we
1: realize that oh, it's like I get this. I I I keep having to bring myself back to focus on, you know, healthy. Um, and my mind keeps reminding me that I'm not healthy. Um, <laughs> and we have to keep bringing ourselves back. But eventually, our mind decides to play with us instead of you know antagonize us and so eventually it becomes our default method it becomes easier and easier and we real just like you know how you said i just realized i've been up the stairs three times yeah right right like suddenly you and i've had that recognition just with the thought process it's like oh my goodness i haven't thought about this
0: Mm -hmm.
1: awesome i'm i'm keeping on track i'm focused i'm learning how to focus
0: that's right Now,
1: this is an interesting question because we're talking about bringing our focus back. We're talking about paying attention. But the next section here is talking about someone who we don't think of as someone who can pay attention it says what if they're in a coma
0: ah yes yeah. so jerry asks from time to time someone will say i have a friend or family member who's in a coma jerry has an interesting life i can't remember the last time someone said to me that but well whatever anyway he says is there anything we can do for a loved one who's in an unconscious state
1: <laughs> i'm just laughing because the first time i read that i had the same thought i was like oh that's interesting i don't know anyone that's, been- <laughs> that's right <laughs> Okay. Uh, So Abraham says, you are communicating with those around you vibrationally, even more than with your words. So even though your loved one may show no signs of recognition, it does not mean that your communication is not being received on some level. You can even communicate with those who have made their physical transition in what you call death. So do not assume that a seeming unconscious state has barred your communication.
0: And interestingly enough, science supports that. Mm-hmm. Science has discovered that people in comas, in unconscious states, do receive information from the people who are talking to them. That, that's why medicine, med- medical people say, you know, talk to your, your, your loved one when they're in a coma. They hear you. Mm-hmm. On some level, they hear you. They yeah. found that that's actually true. This isn't, I mean, there, there are some things about what we talk about that could be passed off as mumbo jumbo or woo woo or whatever because you can't prove it. This is something that's already been proved.
1: Right. It says the primary reason why people remain in a coma or unconscious state is that they are seeking refreshment from the lackful thoughts that have been hindering them. Hmm. Mm. In other words, While they have withdrawn their conscious attention from the details of their normal life, they are in a state of vibrational communication with their own inner being. It is an opportunity for refreshment and is often a time of decision-making where they are actually determining whether they will find their alignment by returning to the non-physical or whether they will awaken again back into their physical body. In many regards, it's not very different from being born into their physical body in the first place. Interesting. Here is the best attitude for you to hold regarding such people. I want you to do what is important to you. I approve of whatever you decide. I love you unconditionally. If you stay, I will be ecstatic. And if you go, I will be ecstatic. Do what is best for you that is the best you can do for them.
0: And if it's too far to say, if you go, I will be ecstatic. That might be too much for somebody to say, you don't have to go that far, but if you go, I'll be okay with it. Perhaps you can go that far.
1: I, I have made, I have said this to someone before and it's interesting. Now when I think about, um, cause I just said, well, I've never known anybody that was in a coma. Well, mm. I guess I've just never called it a coma, but I have known someone who was, you know, in their last hours,
2: mm-hmm. sure,
1: and and non-responsive, and, you know, oftentimes um, I've been in this situation quite a few times, and I've had friends that were. I know I have one of my best friends when her mother was dying, and she was non-responsive, and. They said she would, you know, it'll it'll be a matter of hours. Mm -hmm. And then the whole day went by and then it'll it'll be. We're very surprised it should be any time, you know, and this went on for days and Mm -hmm. days. And she was waiting for her granddaughter to get there. And when the granddaughter got there, she snuggled up with her and she said, it's okay, grandma. You know, it's okay for you to go. Uh, We love you and we're going to miss you, but it's okay." And it, it wasn't but a half an hour. Yeah, and that, so that, that I absolutely know that she was hearing, and with my own mother as well. Um, we told her the same thing. You know, there, you don't have to hang on for for anything. Um, it's okay. It's okay to go. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, my rabbi had called me. My sister and I had been sort of very vigilant and staying there with my with my mother, even though she was non responsive. And my rabbi said. I want you to get your sister and I want the two of you to go to Starbucks or somewhere for a couple of hours and just hang out together and have coffee and just, just get out of that room and just go do something. Mm -hmm. You need to do that Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself. You do not need to stay there for hours and hours and hours every minute. And then he said to me, and this is what I want to tell you. If you go have coffee and you come back and your mother has gone, you cannot be upset with yourself because this is what many people choose. They don't want to leave while their loved ones are there. They want the space to make that decision and to do it on their own. And I thought that was, I've actually passed that wisdom on to other people that were in that situation. It's Great like,
0: insight, yeah.
1: you know, when, when we talk about holding our audience and our clients and our friends and family in a space of success, we're holding them in the space where we know that they can have success. And like you said a minute ago, it doesn't. I'm not making their success. They're making their success. That's I'm just right. supporting them energetically and doing that. And they have the power to tell the story that is successful. They have the power. You have the power to tell this healing story about your knees, right? We have the power to tell those stories about ourselves and to make those choices. And I completely believe that even when someone's non-responsive, they're making the choice to stay or go. At whatever time they make the choice, so we can hold them in that space of, of love and and you know release, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think it's a really in- interesting conversation. Oh yeah. Um. About when when someone seems to not hear you, um, they're hearing. They definitely Always. hear us.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it, I think it's also instructive to recognize that. Everyone at every moment of their existence, which is internal, is choosing.
1: Now, now this is really interesting. Read this next Jerry part.
0: (laughs) So Jerry says, and so those people who are in a state like that for many years, they're doing what they want to do?
1: And Abraham says, most of them, if it is that length of time, made the decision not to return long ago and someone in the physical overrode their decision and kept them plugged into a machine, but their consciousness has long gone and will not return to this body.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting.
1: And it's, you know, as a human being, we all know these are hard decisions, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're emotional beings, and it's hard to let go. And we want to hope for miracles and miracles happen every day so you know all of these all of these kind of things that we're talking about now you know transition death uh letting go they're not easy
0: i I think one of the things that we humans tend to do is we tend to forget that just because we want something for somebody doesn't mean that they do Right. And we want them to want what we want for them. I mean, we do. <laughs> right. It's just, you know, that that's especially if it's a good thing. We want them to to have this thing that we feel is a good thing. But it's so easy to forget that one person's good thing is not necessarily another person's. It doesn't mean that it's wrong, doesn't mean that it's bad, doesn't mean that you're terrible or anything like that. It just means people have different preferences. And what's more, preferences shift. They change, Mm, they mm -hmm. change day by day, they change, they can change minute by minute. I mean, we talk about emotional set points, and I had, I I remember struggling with that early on, and now I understand better why I, I struggle with it, because the concept of an emotional set point is that it's set, and I now know it's never set. There's no such thing, really. All there is is one instance in time where it's set at this particular level. But that's how long it lasts, an instant. And then it's gone the next. And every single moment, the person is choosing. Now, they could re-choose the same emotional set point over and over again. But they're still choosing it. Even if they're doing it subconsciously, they're still choosing it. it the, the choosing never ends. You know, so that's why I struggled with the idea of an emotional set point. I mean, how can there be something that's fixed how can it be just, yeah, you know, it's definitely it's not
1: fixed. St- I think sometimes there's a narrow range. It's fluctuating and choosing in right. because, because it's our default. Like yeah. we said, we're you know, it. it's like, and, and we stay with that because it's what we're used to. You know, right. um, one of the things that's interesting is we, we hear people all the time use this term about their comfort zone, but usually our comfort zone isn't even comfortable. It's just familiar. We stay with what we're familiar. And if that's an emotional space that's uncomfortable, then a lot of times that's still the preference.
0: I think an excellent example is a hummingbird. A hummingbird <laughs> will hover right at a flower and just kind of you know move carefully in and out in and out getting the nectar and so forth. And they'll just stay there, right? And they just right. stay there and stay there but to stay there their wings are going at this
1: incredibly
0: high pace
1: <laughs> that's true
0: i mean so so they're relatively in the same narrow range but look how much activity is going on in that range you know it's constantly shifting they're constantly adjusting in fact when they shoot it in slow motion they can see the wings tilting and so forth as the hummingbird you know adjusts its attitude and adjusts its position and so forth it's a constant motion going on
1: and so that's like us, where we are we are always choosing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was an interesting point that you made. We may be choosing the same thing over and over.
0: We could. Yeah, we but do. It's still we a, often a choice. do. <laughs> it,
1: well, that, that gives me a lot of hope, though, because it's like, if that's true, and I believe it's true, then that means all of us can make a different choice at any second. Exactly. We're not. You know, sometimes we feel stuck, but we don't have to be stuck.
0: We never really are. We just decided we are.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that when we feel stuck, it sometimes becomes our story. I like the idea of, um, and it's it's something that some therapists will also suggest, and, and that is of doing things differently. Um, The mundane things that we do, like the mundane things we do every day to just do them a little bit differently. Like to shake up the order of the way we do things. You know, if we usually go out and get the I say go out and get the newspaper. Does anybody go out and get the newspaper anymore? (laughs) So if, if we usually, you know, have our coffee and then we go, you know, do whatever just to do it in reverse order. Or instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs. Or if there's a back way to drive to work, a different street, or to come home from wherever, um, to you know things like that. If you if usually when you go to the grocery store, you park you always park, you know, on the right side of the lot. Well, park on the left side of the lot. Just do some things different. And what that does is it kind of shakes you out of the rut mm. that we get ourselves into by going on autopilot all the time. Good point. And, and the way this works, the way this ties into, you know, manifestation, I can't tell you the number of people that I know and myself included that have been working on some kind of thing. They want to manifest and they go out of town. They go on a vacation or maybe even a business trip or they go, they just go somewhere they're not familiar with and it will happen they get that call about the job or, you know, whatever it is that they've been trying to manifest Mm -hmm. somebody, they but somebody buys their house after it's been on the market forever, you know, whatever. And they're like, Oh my gosh, we went to the beach and we came back and there was a voicemail that said, you know, whatever. And it's like, part of that is that when we get into a space we're unfamiliar with, so we park on the other side of the lot, we take a different road home. We go on a vacation Our brain actually shifts because suddenly it can't be on autopilot anymore. It has to rise to a different level of alertness because it doesn't know where it is. And just that shift can sometimes just shake everything around and allow us to stop telling that same old story we've been telling.
0: Absolutely true. So be a hummingbird. (laughs) Be I, a hummingbird. Be in motion all the time and, and recognize, recognize that uh, you, you're never really stuck. Cindy, we, we've run out of time, but I look forward to doing it again tomorrow.
1: I'll be back tomorrow.
0: I will as well. We hope you'll join us next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye, everyone.